This is NFL Nuts Sunday with Ryan Hannibal, the ultimate football podcast. Let's get started with NFL Nuts Sunday. Now here's Ryan Hannibal. I haven't done one of these in a while, and I guess no better guest to have on this podcast than Mike Giardi. Uh, Mike, how is it going? I mean, you just no better guest to have than me. I guess there's no better guest to have than me. I guess there is no better guest. This is NFL Network's Mike Giardi. Yeah, get that right, Keith. Come on. All right, Mike. Uh, we're uh, one week into free agency as we record this on Monday. I guess, what are your initial thoughts from a Patriots perspective um, from last week? Uh, that this is kind of how I expected it to play out. Um, you're still waiting on on some important players within your own organization to to either make decisions or redo deals. So it's you know you didn't have a ton of money. I guess the one thing that you hoped, and it's something we talked about during the course of the season, was, you know, what was, how was Trey Flowers and that price tag, where was it going to fall? And when people started tagging past wrestlers, uh, they were, you kind of knew right then and there that Trey Flowers is going to be out of their, their ballpark. And, and, you know, then it became pretty evident that he was really out of their ballpark. In fact, that might be the single most, um, contract given out in free agency maybe Landon Collins too those two sort of jump out at me um, so yeah I, I just think we're right where we kind of thought we would be with them you're just kind of looking at the second and third tier guys filling out a roster now do you think if Tom Brady were to restructure his contract like last week they would have made more moves like do you think that directly impacted what they did and didn't do uh, I mean you would have a that that would be the case. You know, you could I think we all kind of figured like at yeah, 27, they're not gonna they're not gonna want him at that number. And you know, if you chop it up with a couple of years on the extension or whatever, knock that down to 20, there's an extra seven, you know, eight million dollars to play with, and that you might be a little bit more active. But I mean, look, they were active in the sense that they clearly targeted wide receiver, and they made up, uh, you know, a strong offer for Adam Humphries, just not not strong enough. Maybe they didn't put out their best uh, best offer right away, and that probably cost them the player, but that they clearly were going to spend some money um, and, and figure out a way to do that. Now, you know, that, that fell through, and you know, Cole Beasley was maybe the next can they kicked, and then you sort of go on down the line, and now you get Ellington and, and uh, Harris. Thank you. Maurice Harris. How could you forget um, Maurice Harris? Mo Harris, maybe. Uh, the Mo Harris there are coming to uh, Foxborough soon. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I just it would have given them a little bit more leeway to play with. Maybe it would have allowed them to, to open up with a stronger offer to Humphreys, or maybe Humphreys just ended up in a, in a strategy they didn't expect him to. Now, what do you think the holdup is with Brady? Like, it just seems like a no-brainer. I mean, Jonathan Kraft talked about it around the Super Bowl that it seemed to happen. Why hasn't it happened yet? Well, it seems like it's the, it'd be the Patriots' you know, side, not wanting to do it yet, I guess. Yeah, you know, there has been a lack of clarification on this one because some people are saying, well, he can't do anything until August officially because they reworked his deal last year. But then my understanding of that is if he didn't reach any of the incentives... Yeah, he didn't make any more money. The deal, that, ...that he didn't... that essentially nothing changed and therefore it can be done. So and I haven't... I've been trying to get clarification on that and I haven't, so I, I don't want to be uh, incorrect on that, but it, it certainly, if, if it is the latter and it can still be done, it does make you wonder why it's it's not done, you mm-hmm. know? 
Mm -hmm. Now looking at the receivers, what do, what's your take on what they do from here? Do they try to go after the Jordy Nelsons, the Randall Cobbs, the Michael Crabtrees, or maybe do you think they could potentially swing a trade for maybe, you know, a guy on an expiring deal like A.J. Green, Sterling Shepard, one of those guys? Yeah, I think that the, to, to me the latter makes more sense than the former in the, in the idea that what's out there in free agency, not that, you know, one of those guys that you just mentioned couldn't help you to a degree, but they're all guys that are on the back side of their careers and maybe real at the end, you know, in some cases. Uh, and you're looking at with Brady and, and what you're bringing back, um, that you, you, you feel like they should at least address it with a with a higher-end talent. And, and clearly, like I said, in chasing Humphreys, you sort of made a commitment that, that, to, to, to them, they identified out of the shoot. The thing we need to, to look on is wide receiver. Um, that's where we need to spend our money, and that didn't happen. So now, yeah, I would think that that's the next layer of, of what you're looking at. You have so many picks, but the picks in the top 101 um that you can get creative and make something happen for a player that, as I mentioned, might be in the, in the last year of a, of a rookie deal. Um, you know, now I know with the Giants, you, know, you look at Shepard as kind of an interesting target because he just signed Golden Tate. Now, I mean, I, I don't have a problem with running two slots out there, and it's not as if Tate can't line up outside the numbers or Shepard can, although they're doing some of their best work, obviously, from the inside. But, uh, you know, the Patriots have saw Amendola and and Adelman on the field quite a bit uh, in their time together. So uh, if, you're, if you're trying to, if you're the Giants and you're trying to keep Eli going, maybe it makes sense to keep Shepard. Mm -hmm. Now you've clearly set the floor for what his number is going to be when he is free agency, and um, that would be certainly one to monitor if they have conversations and Shepard's going to be maybe $12, $13 million a year yep another big guy rob Gronkowski. what's what's your take on him like do you think that he really is still contemplating what he wants to do and is perhaps the patriots his lack of moves you know could potentially sway him to not come back because you know he'd be more willing to come back if they had you know a more bigger supporting cast around him do you think that has anything to do with his decision do you think he already made it up what's your take on, on that I don't think what they've done in free agency is going to make one uh, iota of difference with with Kronk. I think that uh, Tom Brady uh, and Tom Brady's influence on Gronkowski is going to be the main decider. You know, from a non, I guess from an outside influence standpoint, I think Brady has has the most sway with with Kronk. You know, he should say, "Come on." But saddle up one more time. Give me one more. You know, we, we saw what we did in, in late December and in January and into February. Like, you were feeling better and, and your play started to improve. But I do take Rosenhaus somewhat at his word in the sense that, you know, look, we, I think, as a group, and I think even, forget about the media, I'll even talk about the guys inside the locker room. I think there was a general feeling amongst those guys that Gronk was on his last ride last year. Um, you know, that when you brought up that subject to guys both publicly and privately, they didn't seem to shy away from it. And, you know, like, sometimes you bring up a topic, like, you know, what are you talking about? You're, you know, you're, you're like, you don't know what you're, you know, you don't know where you're going with that. That's not, that's not the story. And they were clearly like, yeah, I think they could feel like it was such a labor for him last year for the better part of the year. And again, physical issues, um, you know, ankle, foot, 
all, all those sorts of things that were going on, Achilles, dead, um, the back, dead. They could see the end coming for him. And the fact that he finished the year strong, finished the year feeling good, um, maybe gave him some, uh, you know, groundswell to reconsider. And I, I, I reported about a week after the Super Bowl that he was telling teammates and associates, you know, in that 24 to 38 hour period after the Super Bowl, he wanted one more ring. Um, now, you know, was that just the emotion talking and the elation of winning and, and feeling that good? And now that you've sort of stepped back and, you know, all right, this back thing is still taking a little while to heal up. And, you know, that, that Achilles was really a pain. And, you know, now I'm about to be 30. And where, where are we going? I think it's a, it's a big, it's a big decision for him. And it's a big push because I think there's, there are clearly people on his side, his family, you know, not only worried about all the stuff that he's put his body through in terms of the back and the knee and, and the forearm and the different surgeries, but also the head injuries. And he doesn't have a laundry list of concussions, you know, that we know of. But as we know in this game, a lot of times some of those things, especially early on, you know, they're trying to get better about it, especially early on. I don't know that those things were really recorded as such. So um, he's going to have to weigh that because I don't know what he does. I mean, he's going to have a lot of... Uh, opportunities ahead of him, Ryan, but I don't know what he's going to do next year that's going to make him $10 million. Right. And he's been a football guy. Like, we, we joke about it. He's got this, this persona and all these things, but football has been a, uh, has been one, one A, one B, one C in his life for, for however long now. Um, not real easy to walk away from. Mm-hmm. Regardless if he comes back or not, I still believe tight end is one of their top priorities in the draft, and I know you're at the Combine. Um, what tight end did stand out in your mind and you know do you think they might use you know their first pick on one if, if so who, who do you eye and, and maybe if not do you have any guys in the later rounds that stand out i mean everybody uh loves hawkinson right i mean he's yep. just uh he opened a lot of eyes plant is one of those guys that his you know production and he's clearly a move tight end though i don't think he's the same kind of uh well, he's not the same kind of player as his teammates at all in Iowa. But there are also some other guys that later in that first round, maybe the second round, now, you know, you always look at Alabama because of the connection with Saban. I know Smith is another one that you sort of you have to eyeball and pay attention to because, you know, the Bill is really interested in him. He's going to be able to get the get the dirt on, on Smith and what kind of player he is and what kind of work ethic he brings and how important football is to, to his game. But it's, it's definitely, I mean, when I say receiver, is their primary target in free agency, and they showed us that with how they, they operated that first day or two. I, I include a tight end in that group. You know, to me, it's pass catchers. Just you got to find some pass catchers. Um, you know, because you you got old at that position, at both positions. You're dealing with injuries, and you, know, you had issues to the point where you had to go make the deal for for Josh Gordon and roll the dice on that during the season. So they they, they definitely have to upgrade. Then the other side of the ball, Trey Flowers is obviously the biggest guy that they need to replace. What's your your take on that? Like I'm on the of mindset where you can sort of replace him just by having guys that fit your scheme and guys that can set the edge and, and take coaching well and do what is asked. Do you get that same sense that you don't need to go out and get you know a huge name to replace Trey Flowers? You can sort of get the Patriot type guys to do it. Yeah, and again, it's a really good draft to have uh, a need along the front 
three or four because it's real deep in the draft in, in that regard. And, and then, you know, you can also look at the free agency and, and see um, how it shakes out because, you know, now just as Monday, as the Monday, Justin Houston is still there. There's a couple of Clay Matthews who, I don't know, he doesn't really strike me as a Patriot, but who knows, maybe he wants one crack in the ring and, and here's, you know, one more crack in the ring and here's, $3 million or with incentives to come here and play. So you got to start looking at how some of those veterans, uh, how it works out for them and, and, and where they come at financially. Do you see some of these special teams guys potentially being potential cut guys like the Nate Ebners and the Jonathan Joneses and the Brandon Kings of the world? It just seems like they have too many of those guys. And I don't know, it just seems like something could be coming after the signing of Terrence Brooks. Yeah, I, I definitely think that there is something to that. Um, you have a bunch of those guys that are in the you know the mid mid ones for millions, and you just you know when you're starting to look for money and you're starting to turn over uh, the couch cushions to try to find it. Yeah, I think you if, you, if you're if you can't get you know uh, renegotiation or extension for someone like Devin or you know redo high towers number and you say no, but we can't we can't come. We have to, we need those guys. Then, which, which I kind of believe they do, especially in McCourty's case, but certainly Hightower has an ability. I think we've seen that over and over again when it gets to be January and February to find a, a different level of play. Then you got to look at where's that next, where's, where's some of this money come from? And yeah, Abner King, some of those guys would make sense. I mean, right now you don't have a kicker and a punter on your roster for crying out loud. That's not, that's not going to, I mean, I, I guess a kicker could come cheap, a punter could come cheap if you want to go. You want to go rookie, you want to go veteran minimum for somebody, but you know that's a place where Bill has always spent a lot of resources and time and effort in. And I just think that kind of flies in the face of, of uh, the coaches throwing how they build their team. What's your take on the coaching staff changes and all the guys that are becoming in? Well, I guess we don't really know officially all, all of them, but do you think, are you of the mind that that really does you know, impact things and maybe keep having these veteran guys like the McCordys, the Hightowers, are, are important to keep things going? Like, what, What's your take on the coaching staff changes and how that could impact things in 2019? Yeah, I think for sure, and I think it's you know, we Yeah, a year last year, unlike pretty much any other in recent memory where you you know, like I said, in the third week of December, if you would say, you know, like you got to put money down on, on them either winning the Super Bowl or, or not and, and being a disappointment, I would have said, that, they're not doing it. This team is not that team and hasn't been that team. And then they found a different way to do it, and they win, and they prove us wrong again. So I think we're going to enter another situation with the coaching staff where it might take a little while. It might not look so great in, in August and September the games start mattering in October. That might take a little while for them to find sort of a comfort zone with each other because they spend a lot of time together and you're going to have to learn uh, new faces and new people in a lot of different places. And um, That could take some time, for sure. What's your last one for me? What's your biggest, I guess, not bull prediction, but let's call it. What's your bull prediction for the last, you know, couple weeks of free agency and going into the draft for a, you know, a Patriots move perspective? be trading for for a, a pass catcher. And again, whether that's tight end or wide receiver, priority would be wide receiver, I guess. But, you know, maybe if they traded for a tight end, I might be telling you something about what they think about Gronk and, and his potential future. So that to me is, you know, who that guy is. I don't know. We talked about Sterling Shepard. I know 
you mentioned at one point AJ Green. I mean, there's definitely some guys out there that that are later on in, in, in contracts and want the negotiations. That's the other thing, though. You look at someone like a Julio Jones or an AJ Green. That's a lot of money mm-hmm. uh, for a position that they don't usually spend a lot of money on. And I know that they would have gone to what 10 million per year with Humphreys. You go 14, 15 for Green, 16, 17, 18 for Julio. Like, I don't, I don't know that that's how they do it. But I think I like Josh Dobson with the Redskins or someone of that ilk, you know, maybe hasn't been as productive, but they see bigger picture and think that that can bust out with Brady at quarterback. Yep. All right. Well, I guess you're you're off to the owners' meetings next week. Guess this this off season just never really comes to an end. I guess there is no off season with the NFL when you work for the NFL Network. Is that right? No, sir. Got uh, L.A. first for some total access, and then uh, yeah, then the owners' meetings in Phoenix Monday uh, and Wednesday. So, yeah, that uh, that all goes. You can catch him on the NFL Network. He's Mike Giardi on Twitter as well. Thanks for your time, Mike. Thank you. Now go do your grocery shopping, will you? <laughs>